What's going on, everybody? This is City Wrestling Radio, and this, this is the B-Show. I'm your host, Corey Smith. I am in the Diamond Studio today, still still all by my lonesome, uh, but uh, physically lonesome. Uh, I mean, you're here oh, digitally. Physical, and then I hear the fact that... Yeah, you're not alone. You're never alone. Nobody yeah. ever tackles us alone. And uh, joining us live, uh, just like Stone Cold Steve Austin calling in to Monday Night Raw, we have our co-host Michael Vergara. Uh, yeah, if you're, if, and if you're down with that, give me a hell yeah. And buy my beer. It's great, and I smoke medical cannabis now. I was ho- I was hoping you would not you would not respond to it like Steve Austin did when he was in Monday Night Raw. Oh, but, uh, yeah, that was that, the- and that feels like six months ago at this point <laughs> yeah yeah it, it definitely does i was looking at my calendar and i was just like oh wow it's only been like a week hasn't it it's trucking along man how are you know how are let, let's just a quick quarantine check-in how are you doing with the shelter in place we are in san francisco as a lot of people know um, well i mean we're it's one of the epicenters i think though i think we're number like three at the top, we're like third place with the most we're cases. Number we're, we're number three. We're number three. We're not the number one no. loser. Uh, but anyways, how have yeah, you been doing? New York. I hear shit's going down. Washington there. was number one with the most deaths, and uh, I blame I blame the Pacific Northwest bunker. They they had a, they had one job. They, they had didn't. a bunker, and they left the bunker, and yeah, <laughs> they unleashed it. Anyways, yeah. how are you doing in this? Uh, what what you, what have you been doing? Have you been watching wrestling? Uh, keeping up with wrestling? Drinking a lot drinking more than i probably should yeah i've been doing that too as many people uh, know i feel like a lot of people are i uh, maybe i don't know i mean since like in my job we're kind of just on uh on standby well i'm in standby right now can you get and... me booze? What, what's going on here huh can you get me booze what's going on here we need to no. start bartering man i got t- no we're just two... we're pretty much just on a like a standstill right now okay i'm still getting paid fortunately it's yeah. just that yeah the fact that I don't have to work and I feel like this is, I can't even imagine what it's like to like still be work, like still having like an office job and while being at home, I can't imagine working at home Yeah. because I just, I don't know. I think it's just, it's my, my undiagnosed ADHD, which is, which probably doesn't mean anything, but I, it's just something I probably just like lose focus on. It's hard to work from home. It, you know, I think a lot of people, when you come home, you relax and you know, when you, you just have that natural like mentality of looking at your bed and looking at your couch and you're like, man, I just want to chill. Man, I should just lay in there. Yeah, exactly. That sounds like a better idea. Or, uh, TV and I'm like, man, I should play more Doom Eternal. I think a lot of people, I, there was a story yesterday I heard about uh, this woman using the restroom uh, while on a video call and she didn't know everyone in her work could see her, but uh, they saw her. Like she left the door open? Yeah, 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 exactly. And you and can she was, hear everything? Oh, you could see everything, apparently. I... Yeah, yeah, it, it was, yeah. that's kind of highbrow humor you get here at City Wrestling Radio. <laughs> Anyways, guys, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been doing good. I've been doing good. I've just been watching, trying to keep up with everything in the world of wrestling. I watched, uh, started watching The Kingdom on Netflix. Uh, the Kingdom. It's 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 a Korean. Is, is that, it's the Tiger King. No, it's a it's a Korean zombie show set in the 1500s. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yes, uh, because you know they feed. What well, kind of zombies are they? Uh, I think they're they're slow zombies. They're not like fast like World War Z. They're more like Walking Dead, I think. But I I don't know. I'm only like two episodes in. And I think they only come alive at night. I don't know for sure yet. But well, well the it. freaks do come out at night. 
And it's also some Imperial stuff going on, too, so that's cool. Of course it is. So they're just combining... Korea just looked at America as like, oh, people like The Walking Dead. Oh, people like Game of Thrones. But it's very well produced, so check it out if you guys uh, don't... If you guys are uh, have no wrestling to watch, so... Thing, man, I only watch wrestling, but you, we did. Uh, you know, this is the B show where you know, usually we don't talk about being quarantined, but hey, it's it's what's going on, it's what all the kids are doing nowadays. So, uh, guys, uh, like I said, we're here to talk about NXT, AEW Dynamite. Both had pretty, I thought, pretty good shows last night. Um, really, I thought so. I think Dynamite, I mean, I say this every week. I, well, I don't say it every week, but I think Dynamite was a little bit better than NXT, but we'll get there, we'll get I, there. Yeah, uh, guys, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR four one five Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, because you know Twitter uh, it, it's a place we like to share stuff. Also on Instagram, we post... it's a place where people share too much stuff. To yeah. be honest, and honestly, I haven't gone on there in a while. But Instagram, I'm on, we're on there all the time. We like to post news uh, stories. There's not a whole lot of news going on. We got a couple pieces right here. But oh, when, news! When we're not. Uh, talking about the news into a microphone. We're putting it on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us there because apparently you get to see me drink and watch AEW Dark every week, at least until we're still uh, sheltered at home. So that was fun. Uh, I got to drink uh, rosé and um, get drunk watching a show that I like to watch anyway. So, hey, there we go. Somebody from uh, Pakistan said hi. We have a fan in Pakistan. He just said hello, Roman. And I'm like... No, he said hello from Pakistan. No, but then he said something about Roman, and I'm like, Roman Reigns? What, what is going on? Is this is was this it bit? Roman? Did Ro- did Roman go to Pakistan know. to shelter? I'm in place? sure. I'm sure the dude from Pakistan is a very nice gentleman. I yeah, I, I'm sure he's probably a great guy, but we don't know. So I'm not gonna make a comment. <laughs> we don't well, know. Com- hey, if you want us to comment on wherever you're from and whatever you do, follow us at CWR four and five. Uh, we got a couple uh, a couple pieces of news to get into today, um, uh, but we're also going to talk about you know Dark Side of the Ring. Um, we were going to talk talk about Beyond the Mat this week. I mean, I guess we can talk World about it. What? Yeah, I mean, because this Dark Side of the Ring came out this week, and Jesus Christ, it's more recent, and also, I mean, Beyond the Beyond the Mat. I mean, it it's timeless. Maybe I'll so. do a watch along on, on Facebook. Um, I'll just, I mean, I'll just get drunk yeah, I mean, with it's two bottles. If you don't have Netflix fuck are you doing i mean besides well you know what michael there's a lot of people out there right now going through really hard times and they're canceling uh, a lot of, of subscriptions you know hard- i thought i canceled my wwe subscription until yesterday but <laughs> i guess i'm watching wrestlemania I mean, we're in, we are living in hard times baby listen baby it's hard times out here for everyone i Listen, I'm still, it's still, Dusty is still around over here at the Diamond Studio just because you're not here. But anyways, let's get into some news. Um, you know, another rescheduling of a show. NXT UK TakeOver has officially been rescheduled due to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, the show was originally to take place at the Three Arena in Dublin on uh, Sunday, April 26th. The new date is now Sunday, October 25th. Uh, NXT, let's see, uh, WWE had officially announced that the matches for NXT UK Dublin, the final television tapings were uh, to be held, were held in Coventry, England on Friday, March 6th and Saturday, March 8th. So those have already been filmed. We already know what's going to happen going into Dublin, but we're not going to see what happens at Dublin. Uh, well, we don't know where. Yeah, well, it, it's going to be in Dublin on October 25th. They're, they're rescheduling it to the same arena. 
I'll uh, send you a text message of where the location is. That's you probably where. That's probably where he got it from. He's like he, he had to do some things <coughs> in Ireland, and they were like, "Oh, I will text you. I'll let you know, fella." Um, the three arena did had to issue an official statement regarding the events to be rescheduled uh, following the government of Ireland's uh, directive to cancel all events of over a hundred capacity indoor and five hundred capacity outdoor. Um, due at any event taking place between the 12th and the 29th of March and all gatherings from March 30th to April 19th uh, have been postponed. So anything happening at the three arena, if you're one of our uh, millions of fans in Dublin, because uh, we have millions of fans in one city, um, you know, you'll get, you'll get some uh, rescheduled events, uh, original tickets be purchased. You can go to the next one. So there you go. Uh, yeah, NXT Hi. UK Dublin. Something I was actually, I've been actually watching NXT UK a little bit more now because, I mean, hell, wh- what else am I going to watch? It took it took a fucking pandemic for you to do that. I used to watch it. We used to we used to review it. Here. We used to, yeah. And when we had excitement, general excitement, and think, oh, maybe this is probably going to be something. Got tired of talking about Sax- something all right. Yeah, I got tired of talking about Saxon Huxley and all those other great people that Another are there. White- Long hair and beards. I mean, whatever. That's yeah. that's everybody in WWE so far. What about uh, um, AEW Dark? That's been really good. I what the Shug D this week? He's from England, was he, or is he from Atlanta? I can't. I think it's. I think the reason why AEW Dark was a little bit more exciting than most weeks was mostly because it it consisted of a bunch of New independent talent. like based on Florida, where their intention was to give certain workers work. And like it's great. That's that's actually pretty awesome. Um, I personally didn't watch it, but yeah. uh, that seems kind of cool. Should be. He he's either from England or Atlanta, and he lives in either the other one. So, I mean, didn't and WWE has been kind of doing that as well for in regards to their evolved talents. And I know they're not, you know, by oh, definition, God. probably. I don't think they're considered independent. I mean, they probably do take indie dates, but then they're a little bit more locked down yeah. when they're with Evolve. I'm yeah. not. Not too well versed on that, but they also gave them work because, god damn, we need bodies, but we don't need we don't need too many bodies, but we need we need mm-hmm. what's there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, um, NXT UK takeover Dublin rescheduled. Sorry, and let's move on to our next piece of news. Uh, we do have an announced lineup for a potential show happening. Impact Wrestling. I actually watched some Impact this week too, Michael. Can you believe that's, it? That's that's. The, I'm sure they'll be happy. Like <gasps> we got, we got someone. We got him back. We, they used to review us there, too. There are people who are really into Impact and say really nice things about it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rag on them too much. Yeah, no. There's, I mean, it's. I feel like it was like Lucha Underground. You know how Lucha Underground had that following of because it was so corny that people loved it. I think that's sometimes when he. I mean, I wouldn't go say that, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Impact Wrestling has announced a lineup for the TNA special that will be airing on Access TV next week. The one-hour special will be take play, will be airing at 10 p.m. Eastern next Tuesday, March 31st, which is right after the, the, the regular week's episode of Impact. So it'll be a special after the episode. Um, let's see. Rhino versus Madman Fulton will be a match taking place. Hernandez versus... Yeah, I know. We've been looking forward to this match for decades. Hernandez versus Chase Stevens. And then we have Kid Cash and Johnny Swinger versus Suicide and Manic. Like I said. Oh, and also uh, Scott Steiner will also appear with a live microphone in hand to offer his honest, unfiltered thoughts on the latest in-rings happenings. 
I saw that graphic. It just said Scott Steiner uncensored. I'm like, give me a fucking mic. <laughs> ah, I, I, there, he had a recent health scare. He uh, did. Not too long ago. He was escorted in, like, wasn't he pretty much, like, taken to a hospital? During impact or something? During an impact taping? Yeah. yeah. And apparently he's fine, which, thank God, but, you know. Yeah. We, that's not what the world needs right now. <laughs> I'll say that. Hopefully he comes up and just says, hey, man, wash your hands. I'm okay, you guys. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I hope, yeah, I hope he's okay, you know, just for his own sake. Uh, and uh, Dave Pesner and Scott Demore will be uh, commentary. Scott Demore. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's Italian. It Watch, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, there you go. Uh, also, in another piece of news, Ray Mysterio and Dana Brooke, they are in quarantined, just yep. like most of America is uh, sheltered that, in place. Your soundboard, is that your radio soundboard? No, it's going to be Quarantine. Quarantine. We, we need to make because we because we definitely need to make light of this. Uh, I mean, I gotta have a laugh. Um, uh, yeah, Dana Brooke. Uh, like I said, shit's going down in New York. I think she lives there. Um, I think Ray Mysterio. He's a bit on the older side. He's not that old, but I think he's just taking precaution. He's like 40, 45. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you know, his 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 familia. Uh, he's got to watch out for all of them, you know, because it's not for us that we have to stay healthy for. It's everyone around us. Yeah. That's the thing. Except for Daniel Bryan. You want to just go straight to that? <laughs> well, hold on. Uh, Mysterio yeah, and Dana Brooke didn't mention anything. Have, have, they've kind of been quiet on social media. It's not necessarily saying they have coronavirus. They just, they're staying inside. They're quarant- self-quarantining for, for their own safety. But, yeah, Daniel Bryan, you have some, uh, some updates on yeah. where, where Daniel Bryan is in his life right now. Okay, so on the I'm just going to pull this up from postwrestling.com written by way of one John Pollock. He wrote about Ooh, I'm John uh, Pollock. Ooh. Ooh, John Pollock. Ooh. Uh, so he wrote on the latest episode of the Bella's podcast, both Nikki and Brie Bella talked about how the coronavirus outbreak has impacted their professional and personal lives. Brie and Nikki were mapping out a live podcast tour that had to be postponed. Brie did express her concerns for the health of Daniel Bryan, who's in Orlando, Florida, filming SmackDown and WrestleMania 36 with WWE. Is that going on right now? What? The filming? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's right this second. But then, like, right now. I think it's right, right now. It's probably the Boneyard match right now. Yep. Uh, Brie revealed that Brian has an autoimmune disease and is glad he's still employed, but she's still concerned about him. And I quote from this quote, but I have to say my husband is still working and he's in Orlando right now. Granted, he's working. He has a job. Makes me really nervous. My husband has an autoimmune disease. He also fought asthma really bad when he was young. He was always sick when he was a kid. And I'll admit I lost sleep last night. I was kind of like, "Mm -hmm, I'm grateful. My husband is still employed, but at the same time, I'm really scared that he's just out there. I just pray so much for him that he stays healthy. Uh, Bree said that Dana Bryan will be quarantined when he returns home and he'll be checked for symptoms of coronavirus. Well, I think that's anyone traveling right now. You have to be self-quarantined for, was it 12 to 14 days? So incubation period. It's just like... That's the thing. Is nobody knows if, you know, you don't know if you have it for 14 days. You can just have it and pass it around. <sighs> I just think that, like, someone like Daniel Bryan, like, does he really need, does he really, really need a WrestleMania match at this point? I don't, well, I, does the WrestleMania match, uh, what, what, I mean, he's already in Orlando. I feel like, um, yeah, he's he's already in Orlando. He's probably been there for quite some time, and it's just that. And I think traveling would put him more at risk to get it. Of course. I mean, so, well, I don't even, I don't know where they live. I think they, I mean. They live in, like, Los Angeles or something? Probably, or like San Diego. Um, yeah, I just, 
knowing what Daniel like again, Bree said it herself, how Brian has an autoimmune disease is just that I just don't think it's just worth it at this point. Yeah. Like I, who am I to say what's best for Brian, but yeah. sometimes sometimes that's just uh, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, no, definitely. I, like he doesn't need to either. He doesn't need to be on that card, considering what WrestleMania is shaping up to be to be like. If I'm like, like maybe he should have taken the Rey Mysterio route and just, you know, straight up quarantined. Like he has a pregnant wife. He's already he called. He's already called out of uh, sister-in-law. Like uh, he's he's just pre- if anything, he's just presenting himself as an act as like as an actual risk to both of them, and that's just. And he knows it. I mean, he's quarantining in a fucking hotel for about two weeks, like it says here. And well, that's what uh, I guess he, even uh, Shaza McKenzie said on when she was on Wrestling Observer is that she's going to have to quarantine going back to Australia. All yeah. right. You got to get in a hotel room. And that's all it takes, really. That really all it takes for wrestlers, not just WWE, but AEW, where one person who's per, like most likely asymptomatic, watch it be fucking Jimmy Havoc, and like... He would be the person to have it with his raver gear, and straight up, just like that's all it takes. You just throw that monk, throw that monkey wrench into the gears, and that just shuts down everything. It'll be like the NBA all over again. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And, it's, uh, it's, it's, it makes you really. Yeah. No, I was gonna say, everyone, it, it it's hard because I was even thinking when I was watching these episodes, like, what was oh, it? when they Keith Lee was like, he has a microphone in his hand. I'm like. Are they changing the the microphone covers between people, or are they just here you go? Same one they had for Triple H, that they had for Keith. It's just like that's how it spreads too. Like we have to think about that. That's why I thought Jericho was smart. You have to think about it. What? You have to think think about every. Yeah. No, definitely. And that's why I thought Jericho was smart when he didn't even use a microphone for his promo. Um, but nonetheless. <laughs> According to Kenny Omega, he was using a Britney Spears microphone. Yeah, that's 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 smart. I thought no microphone. I thought there was. A... I mean, it's one of those invisible ones that kind of just comes in front of your face. <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, I have one uh, last piece of news that I actually didn't go through with you, but uh, ramblings this morning online are that is that Vince McMahon has agreed to sell fifteen percent of his stake in World Wrestling Entertainment uh, this morning. Stake? Ah, no pun intended to last night's episode of Daddy's Daddy. first Corey. Uh, the deal was disclosed in an SEC filing Tuesday revealing that Vince McMahon has entered a deal with an undisclosed bank to provide liquidity for WWE. The deal, called a prepaid forward contract, allows Vince McMahon to sell uh, shares of his stock owned but still maintain voting rights and to keep dividends. Or dividends. Uh, according to Bloomberg, this undisclosed bank is Morgan Stanley. The deal is priced at $2.26 million Class B shares, approximately $38 each, amounting to more than $80 million in liquidity to be freed up. A prepaid forward contract differs from a straight-up stock sta- sale. Uh, the deal allows Vince McMahon to sell a certain amount of his stock, but the buyer will not take ownership until a later date, usually between two and five years, according to the SEC filing. The deal will be settled in March 2024. Uh, the deal is similar to like a cash advance, which allows Vince McMahon to maintain his voting rights. Uh, I don't really have an opinion on that because I was mostly zoning out. Money. Money. Right. Ah, money. money. Yeah, no. Uh, Vince I don't McMahon, know. It, yeah. What? Go ahead. Go no, ahead. Vince McMahon, he is now. So what it looks like is that if he doesn't sell 
or if he doesn't pay back this cash advance by 2024, that yeah, you have 15% of the his liquid his stake in the company will go to uh, was it Morgan Stanley or whatever the bank is um, revealed to be? Let's see. Uh, yeah, Morgan Stanley. So, yeah. What's your take on this? I mean, is Vince getting ready to step down then, or is Vince? You know, he's I need some no, I think money. He's ready to just fucking cash out. I mean, I can't like cash out in the sense that, right? I mean, because why would you want to? Why would you want to sell stock now, considering the state of the world? And I thought, didn't they say, don't they have like billions of dollars? They said, oh, we'll be fine. But eventually. An, this could, I mean, you could also like, th- you could also think this is probably related to the XFL who like that recently just can't straight up canceled their season. And this is just him trying to cover for his losses on that point. Ah, I can't afford any stakes anymore. Uh, I got another piece of news that happened like oh, last night. Okay, let's let's see. I it. mean, it's MMA related, but fuck it, man. Uh, John Jones, John Bones Jones, oh, yeah. the UFC light heavyweight champion of the fucking world, the boner, uh, was arrested late Wednesday night and faces several charges. Uh, officers responded after being alerted to a gunshot going off and later discovered Jones in his vehicle with the engine running. That's not cool. I'm also right. reading this off MMAfighting.com. They obtained the arrest record that states the arrest occurred at 1.01 a.m. early Thursday morning with Jones cited for aggravated DWI, negligent use of a firearm, possession of an open container, and no proof of insurance inside the vehicle. Just when you think things can't go back to normal, we have – you can always depend on one thing, and that's John Jones fucking up. Uh, again, this is just – a, a long line of fuck ups this dude has been just tremendously known for and yeah i i don't see this when was the last time he was arrested that's you know was it he was a, uh, last he, year okay. cuz i'm not I'm, looking, I'm not too familiar on this guy cuz like i said i don't watch um the mixed martial arts i only watched uh, well, the article says Jones has previously pled, pleaded guilty to DWI after an arrest in May 2012. In September 2015, he was convicted. He was convicted on a felony hit and run charge, and most recently pleaded no contest to disorderly conduct after facing charges from an incident at an establishment in New Mexico. That that incident specifically was when he put a chokehold on a hostess. Oh wow, that's yeah. not nice and at all. That like on top of that law legal stuff, he. He failed certain drug tests after fights, and just it was just a pile on this yeah. pile on pile on pile on. You know, yeah. listen, if he's still held in this regard after those arrests, it wouldn't surprise me if they just kind of swept this under the rug. Because UFC got a ton of other problems going on right now. They're trying to fucking. They were they almost held a fight on uh, Indian reservation. Well, yeah, because was it because, Dana White? He's. Uh... He feels like he needs to put on a show because he feels like a small person or something like well, that. I don't know. Well, this particular fight, uh, one between John, um, uh, ah, Tony Ferguson and Habib Nurmagomedov, this was a fight that they've tried to make happen four times. Yeah. It's like either there was a falling out or somebody got injured, and now a pandemic's happening close to the proximity of this fight, and he is super, super, super adamant in making this fight happen, which... You know, you could try. It's going to be an empty arena. That's what he said. And it's probably not going to take place in the United States, but it's... Uh, well, isn't, didn't one of them... Uh, 
didn't somebody go to didn't Khabib who's it and he go to Russia to train yep yeah, yeah he's in Russia so I mean it might be held on Russian soil he used to he would tra- he mostly trained out of San Jose he uh, trains in San Jose but he comes to the Russia to fight you might as well just put a put on a Borat accent don't do that <laughs> I can do the Borat yeah. accent no come on man it's 2020 hey yeah, I'm. it's a character okay that I'm anyways you're unfiltered. <laughs> that's, that's what happens when you you leave me in self quarantine. But uh-huh. uh, anyways, um, shall we go? Shall we talk about Dark Side of the Ring? Oh yeah, yeah, we could do that. I thought we were gonna. Are, are okay. we, we going to talk about that after? Dark Side of the Ring. Let's okay, let's let's get it out uh, because yeah, it was depressing as shit. I mean, I can't. That's that's unfiltered for me, man. It, it, it was, was very. It was extremely well done. Y- yes, yes, there was Two, a lot five. of things that. I learned that I didn't know, you know, I... What did you learn? What didn't you learn about this? What, what did you... What did I learn? No, yeah, what did you learn? Oh, what was new about the case? Um, I mean, I knew uh, I knew about how he murdered his family. I knew... Okay. I, you know, I knew how... No, he, what did you... What did you... What was new? Well, the did? stuff between him and Eddie Guerrero, um, and the stuff between Vicky Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero. That was my main takeaway from it. You know, uh, episode wait, one at least. Stuff between Vicky Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero, like, like they were married. Well, that they were married. That you know, she walked away from him overdosing. Um, that you know, like one day she. Oh, just certain stories. Just yeah, certain stories that yeah. Vicky Guerrero would say, like uh, Eddie Guerrero, he over he OD'd three times, and two of those three times, he she called the ambulance. And the third and one, the she third time, away. she just straight up walked away and Took like the if kids this to is what. That is uh, that, that, yeah. I that's mean, all the way fucked up, and yeah, the amount of the amount of love and support, well, the amount of love between Eddie and Chris, like those, like all the stories saying that they were just super inseparable. Like it's just, yeah, no. The if for Chris to have that taken away from him, like and and the lifestyle that he led, yeah. and the stuff that he he was in the habit of doing, like yeah, this was. This was like a you can't blame just one thing. I think that's I think that's one of the main takeaways of this whole entire documentary. You can't just blame one thing on this whole Chris Benoit situation. What he did wasn't unforgivable at the end of the day. Like there's no Well it's it's there's it's, no excusing those actions, but yeah, just it's fucked up and sad no matter which direction you look at it. Whether you look at it like he was a murderer and he murdered his family, that's really sad. Whether you look at it like, you know, he had brain damage and he was, you know, definitely you know in a mode with roid rage and it was sad you know it doesn't no matter what angle you look at it it's sad and depressing yeah i mean of course so. it's, it's by just by nature um and more i honestly my main takeaway from those documentaries was just was that it just wasn't the people that the two individuals that he murdered it was the people who were still alive and the damage that he did to those people, what the damage that he did to Vicky Guerrero, um, you know, kill, like killing Nancy when Nancy was the main person that you know to get Vicky took care back. of Vicky after Eddie's death. Yeah. To get like to just whip just whip her up into shape, like yeah. getting her out of bed, saying you gotta start living life and all that other stuff. And poor, poor David Benoit. Jesus like, Christ. Like talk about talk about somebody who was just straight up just. He, he was another. He was also another just helpless victim, like the amount of uh, just like and, and to this day he still considers him a hero, which you, you can't. I mean, you can't, you can't you know, not think of your father as a hero 
for all the time you spent with them. You know what I mean? It, that's his father. So it, of course he's going to have, you know, how he feels about it. And, you yeah. know, it's a whole thing. He took his best friend away. It was his brother too. You know what I mean? And he, like he even said, yeah. he didn't, they didn't say the word step in that house. You know, that was his mom, Nancy. The, the amount of video they had for Benoit with Daniel and well, yeah. David and Nancy, just, just the amount of footage they use. Like it, that's if, 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 if the documentary documentary accomplished one thing was that they really hammered the point of like, you know, Benoit was, he was by all accounts to a lot of the people that he knew. Yeah. He was a volatile individual at times, but he was still a person. Yeah. You know? What did you think about this? When you, Cause when this came out, I mean, I know I was like, was it 2007? Was it 2007? Right. Oh, like when, where was I when? Yeah. Yeah. About yeah. How, and how did you remember I, hearing about this? I was in the Philippines. I was in a family trip to the Philippines. We were at an internet cafe because that was the only way to get internet at right. that time. And so I was just on my laptop. We were just hanging out and then a news popped up. This is before Twitter. Like this was before, like everything was just so immediate. Yeah. Um, I found out the day of actually, yeah, yeah. um, found out the day of there. And I'm like, wait guys, look, Chris Benoit, wait, what? And then I was just, my mouth was, my mouth was agape because I, I think I've said it before, like Chris Benoit was my favorite wrestler. Yeah. Like WrestleMania 20 was the second wave of wrestling for me. Um, when Benoit won the title, I'm like, oh shit, they actually did it. They gave that dude the title. Oh shit. Like when he won that Royal Rumble, I'm like, they're really going to, they're really going to do it for these guys. Like I was like, oh, I'm back in, I'm back in like these Eddie Benoit, these are my guys. And for a good while. And then Eddie died. I was I was I was incredibly bummed about that, and then when like I was just I was sad when Benoit died. Yeah, I yeah. more or less sort of just stopped watching wrestling. Yeah, I mean I think that it not was, out one hundred percent full stop. Just straight up, I, my interest was just waning away because like I just. I can't, I can't get into it. Yeah. I just, I really, and I feel like a lot of people felt the same too. Well, you know, I was 20 years old at the time. And, uh, at that time I was going through my own situation. You know, my dad passed away months before that in March. Um, so it was like two months after my dad passed away, you know, I'm still kind of dealing with all that. And it's, you know, you just hear, I was somebody that always turned on the morning news. I turn it on and bam, there it was, you know, and all I thought was, Oh, Roy rage, you know, that, sucks it's probably roid rage you know or because i think it, when we first heard it we thought we heard he was murdered you know that's what yeah. was on the news and you know i i never for some reason i never thought like like as a wrestling i was pretty you never put two and two together the fact that they're well no i that's the thing is i did like i at first i was like oh i, I don't who who would break it like it just didn't it seemed weird to me i was like what murdered like it was a home invasion gone wrong or something i just it did it seemed weird to me like uh, the whole story at first i just i was like okay well they one they said like there were rumors going around that it was carbon monoxide poisoning right yeah that's what i that's what i heard well that's what i heard like i never even heard that when i was younger you know um i just i heard the murder murders happen and then later you know wwe raw had that tribute that night and then the next i think the following smackdown they you know, they came out with the statement from Vince McMahon um, hearing about everything. So, uh, yeah, it's 
It was a really well done documentary. I highly recommend it if you're ready to tackle such a subject. I really was not when it first came out, and when I heard all this news, like I'm not in the mood for it. Yeah. But then I I I, I tackled it head on, and I'm glad I did watch it. Actually, I watched it actually because well, I'm glad I didn't watch um, both hours together. That's for sure. Oh yeah, no. It was, I needed a break was, after the first. It was a very it was very beneficial to really separate those in two weeks and. Like, yeah, Sandra Toffoloni, like, she's also... That was Nancy's sister, right? Yeah, yeah. Sandra Like, she's also, like, a really important part to the story as well on how, yeah. you know, it was a sister. And so, yeah. of course, like, she would be as play a significant role in these events. Yeah. And just being the, 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 main, the main representative of that, of, that, of that family as well. Yeah. And how strong they had to be. And they also went into the went into the topic of, you know, the family, the fa- the Benoit family and the Toffoloni family where, I, I mean, I'm not sure if that's, I think that's, I think that's Nancy's maiden name. Right. It might be just Sandra's whatever name, but you know, they, they went into that point, but uh, I, uh, and then Chavo Guerrero also that dude. That dude. Yeah. But, he was pretty, he was unfiltered at that point. Like, you know, and I know you said earlier in a joke, but you know, he definitely, you know, let his emotions out because yeah. he lost his, you know, two of his best friends, Yeah. you know, during all this. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Tefaloni is, um, um, Nancy's maiden name. So, and, you know, and the thing that, the thing that really sucks about it is that, you know, you said we we're talking about David Benoit and the fact that WWE didn't even kind of help him oh, out in any way. That shape, or form. Blackballed. Like they, that's, and that's, especially that since is, it was a kid, you know, it was, he was a kid. He was a kid. You, yeah. you would you, uh, just it doesn't make any sense. Like I, you know, I'm sure the Guerrero family is grateful for helping Vicky Guerrero out after that, and they let her stay in WWE, let her have a job as general manager. You know what I mean? I think honestly, like straight up, if you give David, yeah, David Benoit, like a straight up, like a well, first of all, he was a kid at that time, but I just think it was just something they weren't willing to tackle. You know, subjects like yeah. I mean, Grant like. Benoit is straight on his face as well. You oh, see yeah, David yeah. Benoit. Yeah. You see Chris. And I think it was just something that the WWE just wasn't willing to tackle head on. You know, I wonder if, you know. As much, and that's what I think. And again, I'm only just speculating on that point. But I I, I really couldn't. It's, it's, it's a tough position to be yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it... And it's a tough subject. And it's just, and I'm glad, but I'm also glad this documentary happened because like David Benoit, he in his post like post interview, he said like he just felt like a he feels like a new man, like a, a tremendous amount of weight lifted from his shoulders, That's just letting it all. And that part where he was just start, he was just breaking down, and then Chavo like straight up like was just sort of like it's gonna be okay, man. It's gonna be okay. Like that to me, I thought was the breaking point of that documentary. Like that was the climax. Well, that's when you really know how tight these people are. Is that the fact that Chavo was there during David's filming? You know what I mean? The fact that because I was like, I was kind of shocked. I was like, oh, job was there. Yeah. You know, like okay. I was also yeah. I, no, I just I thought it was good for, really, you know, for good for him to be there for him. I was also really shocked to learn that uh, Dean Malenko has Parkinson's, <laughs> according to Dave Meltzer. Yeah, I mean, I thought it didn't seem like it in those interviews. I didn't, I didn't see anything when I was watching. But like I said, I had. Uh... I mean, there are levels to there's levels to a diagnosis. Maybe like you know there's serious like levels of seriousness to it like you know you might be yeah 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 that sucks i did not know that and i thought uh, the ice man 
oh no, but you know, he's, he works in AEW. If he can be functioning, if he's in good health, despite the Parkinson's, I hope yeah. he's well too. And talk about another dude who's straight up lot like this guy has seen it all. Yeah. And same with uh, same with Chris. Same with like you could, and then you could tell Jericho. I Jericho comes off as a guy who who's just trying to make sense. Who's spent years and years and years just trying to make sense of all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Like right down to the Larry King interviews back in like during those times. He wasn't even employed by the WWE at that time, but he was more than willing to speak out of the subject. And I don't know. I got to I got to watch those interviews again. But he was just I don't know whether or not he was just looking out for WWE at that point or just trying to make he was just he was a guy who has spent near decades. And I, trying I, to think of it all. I did like uh, they had Christopher Nowinski on there. Oh, yeah. And I didn't think that was guy. I totally for. And I was like, oh, he he's I forgot he's an actual like, uh, like is he an actual physician now or a scientist or something? He went to Harvard, right? Yeah. He was like the only Harvard. That was his gimmick. He was the only Harvard graduate to be in WWE. So. Yeah, him talking about CTEs and things like that. We uh, really gave you know, and then the, the gentleman who wrote the book on the story of Benoit of the Benoit tragedy. Uh, his, you know, everything he had on it to, to give an interview. It was well done. Like, you know, we all said, but, um, yeah, very sad to watch. Apparently David Benoit did not want, uh, Matt Rendazzo, the writer of ring of hell on the, on the documentary. Really? And he was object. He was objected. He was a, he objected against his involvement. And huh. I think, I guess like that's one of the, it's just, I feel like it's one of those compromises in the documentary. Like, yeah, of course. Like of the main people, the subjects are not. Is sometimes you got to see both sides of this story as well. You got to yeah. have a certain point of yeah. view going yeah. forward towards that. And I can understand why David Benoit like is vehemently against you know having Matt Mendazzo on. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. Uh, the season two premiere of Vice's Dark Side of the Ring set new ratings for the series. Um, the season two premiere averaged uh, 3,200,000 uh, viewers on Vice TV. The episode was two-hour focused on Chris Benoit murder-suicide, as we just talked about for about 15 minutes. Um, yeah, beating out the... Has it been 15 minutes? I mean... I feel like... Yeah, we're about 48 minutes into the whole show, so... Uh, yeah, no, this cool. this is uh, topped uh, the last highest rating one, was, which, which was the last of the Von Eriks, which averaged at 234,000. That's an amazing episode as well, by the way. Yeah, that's Don't a good episode. I, you know, I, I cried during the Macho Man episode. Uh, the Bruiser Brody one I thought was really good, but now the next one, next week's episode, which which I kind of want to talk about this. Which, it's which, about life and crimes of New Jack. Uh, that's ECW of ECW family. Talk about the mass transit is incident, and if you don't know what the mass transit incident is, go fucking watch that documentary next week. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I said, we'll, 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 we will watch that, and we will keep you updated with Dark Side of the Ring. Um, I'll probably watch it. Who knows? Yeah, I, mean, I won't probably. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Let's get into yeah. some wrestling, though. Let's let's cheer ourselves yeah. up with some. On lighter, let me just take a swig of something here. Tequila. I like how it blurs it out. It's not. It's not tequila. It's come on. I'm more sane than that. Yeah, dynamite. Uh, second week, Daly's Place, no audience, no nobody in the stands. In fact, zero people around the stands, yeah. not even Chuck Taylor or they Sean Spear. They were in a bus. Yeah, they were in a bus. They were they were in quarantine themselves, actually. Tony Shabani, Cody Rose, and Kenny Omega are also on the call, um, only for a brief time because Cody is wrestling Jimmy Havoc, and 
in the first match, he all Cody also has a towel covering that damn tattoo. I think he's feeling that regret right now. Uh, well, Tony Schiavone. Tattoo gate. What do you think? Uh, Tony Schiavone, I mean, kicking off. I mean, he's he's good. I don't hate on him, but he did get some flack, I heard, online from people saying, oh, he's he's messing up. He He's, he's stumbling over lines. But I don't think that was anything to do on him. I think that was him working with talent that's not used to doing commentary. Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes are not used to doing commentary. Let's just put it out there. They just seemed like thought, they were two super fans and two no, people I who know about the business very well, you know, doing commentary. They weren't like Jericho doing commentary. Jericho I, was very good at it. Whereas these guys were, they were good and it was good. It was, it was different, but you know, I, uh, I think I'm of the belief that you can't judge uh, again, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna sound like a broken record. This is referencing uh, John Pollock's critique of commentary, and it's that. And I'll just signal boost this. I don't think you should judge anybody's commentary skills the first week into doing it. Yeah, it's something you have to grow yourself into. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd probably suck at it the first, the first yeah, couple times. Was, and this was very much just like we have no choice but to put these guys on. Fuck, it was pretty much ru- everything about this dynamite was straight up. Fuck it, roll up our sleeves. We'll do we'll do it ourselves. Yeah. Um, same with last week's. And I thought Cody and Kenny were pretty. I really liked Cody Rhodes on commentary. I think if he just with a little bit of fine tuning, mm-hmm. he can he can actually become a legitimately great color commentator. Um, I think he'd be he'd be all right. He knows a lot of the moves. He knows a lot of history. Well, that's so, what, all Kenny Omega was doing was calling moves. He was just. Like, I think he came off as kind of like. A, co- a color commentary version of Excalibur. Yeah, well, Excalibur, he's in, he's in uh, California, right? Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Apparently, all the California guys were not in town, which I, which would probably be Excalibur and the Bucks. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, no way. Hey, we'll find out where Nick is. Yeah, we well, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Jimmy Havoc versus Cody. Uh, Mad base wrestling to start. They trade sense at pins, exchange hands. Cody immediately touched his face afterwards. <laughs> the so, entire no, match, I was like, you guys are. T- oh. This, it is not the grossest thing that happened in this match. No, I know. Just, you know. Cody does a cutter followed by the figure four. I poke from Havoc, gets out of it. You have a locker room cam showing Billy Gunn and Son, Sean Spears, and then Jericho cheering for Havoc and also gambling. Uh, Havoc gets the headset, says some British nonsense, grabs Cody by the fucking tongue, and then grabs the headset and then gives it back to Tony. Uh, Cody gets to the tunnel ramp to do a uh, running lariat a la Great Muda, which they would reference. Yeah. Disaster kick setup, but Havoc catches Cody with an arm bar. Uh, Kenny name drops the wrestler Konami of Star Fame, saying they are also doing empty arena shows and putting over the fact that we do what we must around these times. Amen to that. Which I thought was pretty nice. Uh, reverse suplex from the top rope, and Cody immediately followed with two more crossroads for the pin and win. God and Son also win the bet. Uh, hey, first off, Gun and Son, they should be a tag team, and they should have a plumber. Gimmick. They should also be called Gun and Son. Yeah, Gun and Son's plumbing. They're just called the Gun Club, and I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was a it was a decent match to kick off the show. They're using who's here, and you know who can travel and who can't. And I guess Jimmy Havoc yeah. either lives here in America or he's stuck here. You know, <laughs> either one of the two. And they're just yeah, like, yeah we got yeah. you. You'll be on Dark, and you'll be on the regular episode. So yeah, this. Uh... It was an okay match. It was, I think it was like around 10 minutes long. It was nothing to really write home about. It was just something to really put, get, it was, it was a primer to get your feet wet for whatever, whatever else is to yeah. come, I guess. Get us wet, uh, Cody, get us wet. 
Uh, Jake the Snake promo says Lance Archer is romping and stomping just to get in the ring. He hey, resents the fact it? that he never got a phone call for both him and Archer. Wants to meet them and wants Cody to bring all of them, including what's her name, which is Cody, which is Brandy. Oh, yeah. And they do an extreme close up to uh, Jake the Snake's eye, and he tells him to trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Yeah. It's, you know, cue the theme song, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, it's glad to, I'm glad to see Jake the Snake not being out and about because he is an older gentleman, like much like Jr. and much like other certain individuals working in AEW. Apparently Excalibur. I mean, Excalibur is California, like you said earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's this is uncharted territory for Jake the Snake. Uh, him being a manager, he's he's obviously really great in the mic, but he's also straddling that uh. That, that line of whether or not he's the one getting over or it's Lance Archer getting over. Well, where's Lance Archer this week? Is I don't know. See, it just goes into Undertaker's voice. Sorry. Uh, yeah, where's Lance Archer this week? Why is there no video package of him? Why isn't he on a I cell mean, phone? Like, hey, Jake, I'm, I'm social distancing. I'm over here in, in the trailer. A nice yeah. trailer, but a trailer nonetheless. Murderhawk. He murders people. Not nice. Uh, ever, again... It's uh, I don't think I don't think uh, the 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 catchphrase "everybody dies" is a is is entirely it's suitable right now. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely not. Uh, Cody rambles on commentary, followed by Darby. He like I forgot what he said. He just said, "Oh, a pre-recorded tape." Jack the Snake. Uh, he he wrestled in Japan, but he didn't wrestle here. I've seen his work. If he wants to, come get it. Like he kind of just. Went He's like, all right, never mind. You you come on next week. It's like, yeah. <laughs> no, no, he first says next week, and then he just says next dynamite because I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, it's probably true. still going out the adrenaline of that match yeah. with Jimmy Havoc. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Cody rambles on commentary, followed by uh, Darby Allen's student film. <laughs> Another yeah. one of these. He burns pictures of inner circle members and says Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian is but a sacrifice. Kip Sabian versus Darby Allen. Well, he's Cody a sacrifice team. for the inner circle. Which, I guess. It, that's the thing is that inner circle has had so many enemies. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, what storyline yeah. are they on? I mean, AEW is kind of strat- he They're also like, they're also like having a like a fuck ton of storylines going on at the same time Jeez. as well. Yeah, and that's one of the, and, I think the biggest problems, and it bugs me. And I think, well, no, I mean, like, I I get what they're trying to do. They're yeah. trying to do like a little bit of these sneak previews. Of what's to come afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Something to look forward to afterwards, just to keep some like keep them entertained. I guess waiting I in the know. wake. I guess yeah. Now, Kip Sabian versus Darby Allen. Uh, Cody unleashing unleashing his inner nerd. He's on commentary, by the way, uh, by saying Darby is a counter wrestler and they and that you can't just press that taunt button. You know, <laughs> yeah. this comboed with the fact that the entranceways in the hard cam they they really want that video game to happen, which I don't blame them. They signal to commercial break, and I'm watching on TNT, and then they say they're on the fight feed, and they could proceed to commentary as if they are on the fight feed yeah. until it just hard cuts, and I was just like, yeah, this is a real skeleton crew going on right now. Do you notice that? Uh, no, actually, I didn't. I, didn't, I don't think Oh, because you were watching the fight feed. I was watching TNT, yeah. and, and there was no picture-in-picture picture as well, which leads you to believe that this was probably pre-taped, and there are certain segments where you really think it was pre-taped. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, there uh, was, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, these guys are actually having a pretty good match back and forth. Fast, high-flying ending with a Gibson leg lock. Wait, who in. is this again? This is Kip Sabian versus oh, Darby yeah, Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I was kind of going all over the place, but whatever. No, no, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. 
Uh, back and forth, high, fast high-flying ending with Gibson leg lock pin from Darby Allen for the win. I, you know, this was still a pretty inoffensive match. It's a good showing for Darby Allen. Um, and, yeah, that's really – that's this was kind of a one-match show. I'm just going to straight up say that. But, yeah, yeah. I really didn't ha- – I don't really have much to say. Yeah, it was a match. Uh, yeah. yeah, speaking of matches where that – Things just happen. Jake Hager versus Chico Adams. Yeah. I don't fucking care. Jake, Jake uh, I Hagar. Care I don't know. Yeah. This video, no, no, what? no video promo in the world is going to make me care about this dude. Like, I, this dude is cool ins- was insignificant in WWE. He continues to stink up the joint in W. Um, and I, I don't find him convincing at all, no matter how many times you show MMA like, videos. Bellator jobber matches that he has, he has done for the past. He's undefeated, know, though. He chokes out Chico Adams. It was mercifully short. Post-match, which I think was the main reason why this happened, was John Moxley and Hager beat each other down, and Mox gives him a paradigm shift. Hager possums Mox into an ankle lock in which Mox spill Hager to the outside. Still don't care, and I honestly think this program does no favors for Mox's momentum. I mean... What? Hello? Uh-oh, we're having technical difficulties here, Michael. Can you repeat that again? It's Lacey Evans, in my opinion. Can you repeat that? What, what were you saying? Sorry. It's Lacey. Oh, did I? Was I cut off? Yeah, Lacey Evans. Uh, no, no, no. I just don't really care about Moxley versus uh, a Moxley-Hagar program. Yeah. To me, it just feels like a stopgap. Um, I think it, I mean, I don't think it does any favors for Mox's momentum, let alone I think a pandemic doesn't do any favors for Moxley's momentum. Right, right. Um, and I think, and this is, just comes out like this is Lacey Evans to Becky Lynch, what I'm saying. You know, it's funny because they're – I guess Cody's calling the title now uh, Big Platinum or something like that. Yeah, that's probably not going to be a thing yeah. no, no matter how hard he tries. Um, I mean that's that's something they're doing. Um, also – like I said, like it's just there's so inner circle is worked into so many stories. Like they got Moxley, they got Darby Allen, they have the elite now Matt Hardy. Like I mean, they have they themselves said when they're putting AEW on notice, they 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 want all comers. They're getting all comers. I mean, unless this ends with everybody circling the ring and beating the crap out of the inner circle and destroying them at the end, like mm-hmm. kind of disbanding them, they beat them up so bad that they don't want to be a a, a faction anymore. Then yeah. sure, but I don't know. I just don't I know think- where it's going. I think it's really interesting. Like, I don't really remember, actually, but did they explicitly say that the Blood and Guts match was delayed? Yeah, yeah, it, it was supposed to be this week. No, but they that on the broadcast that they say we delayed the Blood and Guts. We'll oh, wait it. I don't remember. Yeah, huh. I. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably not going to double check, but it's all right. Meltzer, tell anyone watching AEW listens to Meltzer, so it's yeah, they heard. Talk about it. Uh, you heard. So why are they listening to us, Corey? Hey, because we're the we're the That's added uh, fan. Cool dude. Yeah. Anyway, Moxley video promo. He says he's cleared and he's out for blood. Gonna put Hager on a stretcher or die trying. Eh, well, I hope you do that, Mox, because I do not want to see Hager. Bro- and are you ready, Corey? Uh, maybe. Brody Lee video promo. Oh, oh yeah. Brody, this. A, Brody Lee is in a blue suit. He's uh, well. This is the video promo. Oh yeah. He's the exalted one, in case you didn't know from last week. Yeah. He's in a blue suit. He's in a dinner table. He's at the head of the table with one Alex Reynolds and John Silver, and he's eating a steak in the loudest, most obnoxious way possible. It's also bloody as hell, which, you know, 
in my opinion, is the only way to eat a steak. But doesn't so, Vince eat it very bloody? He has steak wraps with ketchup. Oh, yeah. That's, so no, he well, he gets it well done then. <laughs> I, who knows? Um, but no, uh, so this... No, no, no. I'll, 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 let, me, let me go through this segment for a second. Uh, John Ch- Silver tries to eat. Brody kicks him out because Daddy eats first. Yeah. Not his words, but, you, you know. And then, like, I, I thought it was like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then... Alex Reynolds sneezes, and I thought, oh, my God, this is what they're going to do with Brody Lee. He's pretty much being a Vince parody at this point. Alex Reynolds sneezes. Brody kicks him out as well. And my goodness, if this is the – if this this direction for Dark Order, um, a lot of inside baseball, I think, to for a lot of the AEW audience. Like, I know a good amount of the AEW audience – like knows all the Vince-isms, right. like stories from writers about what Vince is like as a person, like, because it's clear as day what he what he's trying to go for. And I think for the, lo- for the long term, this might not be that beneficial for Brody Lee. I think in the moment, I think like yeah. it's another one of those AEW just trying to capitalize on how we're not WWE, but we'll talk about WWE. But the thing is, is now I what what is the, what is the dark order? What is the dark order now? They're like what are they? Because before they were this like cult where it's like okay, kind of get behind them because they're you know they're trying to bring people in. He seems like a, evil Uno seems like he was like a preacher, and there was that so skinny... they kind of come off as like this corporate cult. Yeah, you know it yeah, can be like like a bit more high scale. Like you see, you see Brody Lee in a suit eating steak, and so they just wanted like. They're a crime family then, right? Yeah, apparently. Like, they have projectors of this one dude, like, this is subject, blah, blah, blah. This is subject. This is Peter Avalon. This is, uh, yeah. Buck, what's his name? Young Buck's, the Young Buck's friend, who's also, who's bald and hey. Brandon Cutler. The, Brandon Cutler. This is Michael Nakazawa, all this stuff. And so. Uh, where is Michael Nakazawa? Or where is, um. Probably Japan. No, I don't know. That's, that's true, yeah. Uh, I was going to say. No, I think he lives in Florida. He's probably hanging out with Kenny. Who's the guy but from, yeah. um, uh, OVW, not OVW, but, uh, uh, God, Shima. Where's Shima? I don't know. <laughs> well, the last I time they gave him a mask and he walked away, we haven't seen him since. So yeah. he, he could be dark ordering it up somewhere. Yeah. But guys, stay at home anyway. and dark order it on DoorDash, please. Uh,. Vince uh, Vince McMahon shade aside, Brody Lee versus QT Marshall. Uh, Brandy acknowledges that QT Marshall is from the Big Apple. And yeah, uh, apparent, but then Cody on commentary corrects that he's actually from New Jersey. He was like, "No, nah, fuck that shit. <laughs> That's my best friend, so I'm gonna rip on him." Gonna, uh, I'm gonna bury Brandy as well. <laughs> yeah, he he buried. I felt like he was breaking the kayfabe a little bit with. He kind of came off as trip like Triple H. Yeah. yeah. Commentary. Hey. He's a, he has become who he has hated. Yeah, uh, you know what? It's fine. Whatever. I'll get there. Big I'll get boot. there. Yep. Big boot from Brody. Uh, discus lariat on Marshall. Pin win as Brody, as Brody stares at the camera. Uh, like I said, right now, I'm sort of into the look of Brody Lee. I'm kind of I'm kind of into the character. Uh, all like, despite being very weary of the of the long term gimmick. I mean, of the of the of the Vince gimmick. Oh, they're we'll the. Honestly, I could just see them just like going with it and just like if you know, you know kind of mentality. They're the corporate ministry. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. It's me, Austin. Um, son of a bitch. No, you know, and at the end, uh, you know, Brody Lee does, he goes, looks like he's going to hit the sister Abigail and then throws him up and he looks right at the camera when he puts him in the position. So I don't know if that's a shot at Bray or just WWE in general. Yeah. 
you know. Um, I would love what I would love. I would hope that Brody Lee becomes Moxley's next opponent. I feel like that would be kind of a good program. Well, QT Jake Hager. QT Marshall's definitely joining uh, the Dark Order now. Ah, uh, no, he's nightmare. He come on, he's nightmare familial. familial. Oh, he's what was it they call him the natural nightmares. Him and him and Dustin. Um, but no, it just it seems like when Brody Lee last week said he goes, when you don't believe in me, I will make you believe in the Dark Order. And the fact that he beat him and then threw the mask down, I think the next time we see QT Marshall, we're gonna see him in a Dark Order mask. We'll see, man. And the fact that Cody was burying him too on commentary. I know it's his best friend. He's just you know ribbing him, but it, it yeah, j- there were just parts where it's like I think he's not getting out from this one. Yeah, there could be just like you didn't believe in me. You 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 ripped on me on commentary. You know I am a loser, just like you said. I don't what? have hair growing. Oh no, that's, that's the what, worst. Of that's all. what Cody said. He said, "Oh, his, he just got that hair transplant. It looks like it looks good around the ed- the edges. You know, could yeah, you know that's a good that's a good catch right there. Yeah. I did not think of that, but nonetheless, a uh, lot of stalling here with recaps of the last two weeks in which we see Matt Hart or we see the. We see Matt Hardy and the death of Nick Jackson. Uh, we see there was this graphic that just says Nick Jackson medical update. <laughs> yeah. And this fucking picture of fucking Nick Jackson with his head on the garage doors, garage door and was bleeding in the mouth. And Cody was just like, who, who chose this picture? It's okay, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> like, all right, thanks for the spoiler of that medical update, Cody. <laughs> well, it wasn't really I much thought, of a medical. Really funny. I thought it was really funny because I was thinking the exact same thing. Like this fucking. Pic- I tried to. I tried to pull that as the thumbnail, but you know, yeah, the yeah. thumbnail's a thumbnail. Yeah. Uh, fucking Vanguard One is now a West Coast correspondent for AEW. Well, Vanguard One is all elite, ladies and gentlemen. He took our job, man. We, that could have been our job. We could have went. I would have driven down to Rancho Cucamonga. Correspondence and AEW. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the drone illegally spies on Nick Jackson as he's working out on the garage, and according to Vanguard One, he's at sixty percent, sixty-one percent readiness. So he's probably. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Okay, that 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 actually did give a medical update then. Yeah, that is the medical update. Thank you, Vanguard Vanguard One. Vanguard One, and that's not the last we see of Vanguard One throughout this show. And boy, howdy. Sammy Guevara versus Kenny Omega for that triple A. Oh, yeah, no. The the mega title. Yeah, the Dynamite is the Dynamite debut for one triple A, triple A mega campion. Although it has been defended on Dark, I believe, right? Yeah, I think so, actually. Dynamite take. Yeah, I know. Sammy's in a Represented by characters sitting at ringside because social distancing, but he would not exhibit social distancing on one of the signs later on. He creeps out Aubrey and Brandy as they cut to commercial break, which I thought they they gave out really good facial expressions. Like yeah. get out of here! It's like it's like he, Sammy just comes off as a dude who just who just approaches girls at a bar, and those and Aubrey who, and Brandy come off who approaches every girl at the bar. Reject the advancements. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cody asks Tony, "Who's his favorite Star Trek captain?" He says, "Cisco," because he likes DS Nine and uh, Deep Space Nine. Which Cody responds with a. I thought that was really funny. Uh, who's your favorite Star Trek captain? Uh, I would probably say Cisco as well, because it's probably the most exciting uh, series. I don't like any of the other Star Treks. I mean, I watched You're Next Gen. Like- my dad loved Next Generation, and we watched. I watched it. He'd always watch it when I was there, but I just, I was always like, "This is boring. Why are they talking science and strategy?" It's just because you were. Is it because you were a kid? It's because I was a Star Wars kid. I mean, I'm not saying he don't like. 
Okay. I'm a Star That's Wars person. Enough. I never hated all... Star I, I, I don't, like I said, like I respect Star Trek. Do yeah. I have a favorite captain? Probably Picard because he was actually the one I knew the first. So, you know. He's the first. Uh, anyway. He was the first uh, openly gay captain of the USS uh, Enterprise. So, wait, he's gay, right? Uh, Sammy says, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sammy says to character Brandy, I'm going to do what I'm going to do to this sign. I'm going to tear it up during the fight break. Cody says he was he's glad that wasn't on TV. Uh, then Sammy would then make out with the Brandy portrait with tongue to the absolute utter disgust to real life Brandy. And you want look at that thumbnail. I perfectly captured Brandy's reaction to that makeout session. Yeah. And let me tell you, that was the loudest I've laughed in a, in a wrestling show in a very long time. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. The work was hilarious. Yeah. It helped that I had a shot of Brandy before I, you know, was watch as I was watching this. So it's very appropriate. Definitely. Um, what'd you think of it? Of the match? Oh, the match. Or... oh no, no, no. The moment. Oh, I mean, I, I, I don't recall uh, what uh, you're speaking of. That was the one thing about that match, in my opinion, because I couldn't keep track of it. I was too busy just thinking about that moment because these two were very, very, very long. Yeah. Um, Kenny sells the hand. Sammy, I thought Sammy looked awesome going toe to toe against Kenny. Sammy buys the hand of Kenny, and Kenny responds with a knee that might as well have been a shotgun. Jay Driller to Sammy for a two count, uh, and then Kenny all responds with a, with another knee to the face and a one winged angel pin when Omega retains. I thought they went full speed on the third act in typical Kenny Omega fashion, where the first and second acts were jet were a little bit slower than usual. Yeah. And then the last five minutes, they just were on a full sprint because we got to go. Um, I have no doubt in my mind they'll run this back. And, you know, when things start to get back to normal, and I think, like, nowhere to go but up between these two, because I do hope these two will fight again. I thought they should have taken the AAA title off of uh, Kenny Omega. Yeah, some help from the inner circle or something. want to do a title change to nobody, to like, to with no yeah. fans? It, you really have to have the approval of AAA at that point, too, but... I mean, I'm sure they'll be they'll be willing to give it to Sammy Guevara, but I mean, they might think he's it, too it's young. It's just like when Willie Mack had a, a ROH uh, World Heavyweight Title against Cody at APW. Like, we all knew Willie Mack wasn't going to walk out the champion, but you know. Anyway, I saw the Ring uh, of Honor title being defended, so that's cool. Main event time. Uh, Jericho is using a Britney Spears mic, according to Kenny Omega, uh, uh. to a point where they, I think they, uh, I think within the show, like Kenny Omega. Because Kenny Omega's on commentary at this point, and like he said, he interjects a lot when uh, Jericho was talking, and then you can you can you can tell they just straight up cut off Omega's microphone because because he because he, he was his voice was spilling onto either Tony or Cody's microphone, and I think he said, "I guess they're just gonna make me stop talking." Oh wow! Uh oh, yeah. don't make Kenny mad. Um, Kenny. Again, that's 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 what I saw at the moment. Probably. Not true, but that's why I get took away from it. Uh, as Jericho enters the ring, he makes a cameraman sing Judas, in which Tony gives it a negative one star rating. I agree. Oh, the but, cameraman. But, yeah, that I liked weird. it. That was weird. I liked it. I was um, wondering why they had the the like they had a camera on the cameraman when he was coming down. Like what? He was going for it though. I appreciate the effort. Well then, Jericho. Uh, Jer yeah. Uh, Jericho gets on the mic. He proposed to Matt to join the inner circle. After another stalling to hear a buzz. Going around, Vanguard One shows up and Jericho talks down the drone. In 2020, Corey, uh, during a pandemic, Chris Jericho wears a pink sequin blazer 
talks to a drone in an empty arena and calls it a piece of shit on a nationally televised wrestling show on TNT, commentated by Tony Schiavone, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, and Kenny Omega. Yeah. yeah what, what, what timeline is this, Corey? Um, we've definitely been switched timelines, that's for sure. In 2020, during a pandemic, yeah. Matt Hardy teleports around an empty arena on a nationally televised wrestling show on TNT, commentated by Tony Schiavone, Cody Rhodes, and Kenny Omega. Yeah, yeah. They gave AEW Matt Hardy, a.k.a. Damascus, he's teleporting from the nosebleeds to the mid-level seats to the ground floor seats. They up, they pretty, he pretty much got upgraded. Yeah, as if like four it, or five times. Like four or five times, and he's as he teleports all the way to the ring to approach Chris Jericho. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Omega makes the obligatory Street Fighter reference with Matt Hardy having psycho power, in which Tony Schiavone just says psycho power. You know what that is? No. Oh, uh, psycho power. What's that? That's M. Bison's. Uh, yeah. That's M. Bison's okay. movie. Yeah. Jericho references the Jericho references the sport of golf in which Matt deserves a mulligan in his career. So that was really funny. Matt Hardy calls himself Damascus and that he's three thousand years old and wants three thousand years old and wants violence and chaos and that he's practically perfect. Matt does a delete chant as Tony is about to plug that AEW is trending and sells the delete chant like he just saw a rat. Yeah. He just said, Don't forget to shop in AEW.com. That was really funny. Tony Schiavone was a fucking trooper throughout the show. You know, he keeps his morale up, and I like it. Uh, Jericho says, "No one's here for Matt. No one's here from. Uh, no one's here for Matt's chanting." They slap each other. Jericho summons Sammy Guevara to beat on Matt. Kenny and Cody come in for the save with uh, steel chairs, and this, uh, prompting Sammy and Jericho to go to the ramp. And yes, Matt Hardy has control of the pyro and scares Jericho and Sammy with it. Yeah. And then, then the ultimate ending in true TNT wrestling fashion. Tony Schiavone signs us off, saying what he's been destined to say until the end of days. We're out of time. As we sign off. The dynamite. Ah. See you one time. I thought, I thought honestly, I thought that was just the the best. Yeah. I thought that was the best. Uh, yeah, dynamite. Um, again, it had a very, had a very, very much uh, roll up your sleeves. We got to fucking do this attitude. And um, I wouldn't say it was the best show. Um, no, it's hard to judge. It's hard to put have... these shows against other shows that have had full crowds and. When they haven't had their backs against the wall, you know, it's they'll do what they must at the bet, like regardless of the quality. And you have to really, you really have to think of it that that in a certain way. Like, yeah. of course, the shows are not going to be fantastic, but you yeah. do what you can. And, um, and I was entertained by it. Like, I can definitely see a lot of people not liking the fact that Matt Hardy is going to continue to do this shtick on AEW in which it's a company that kind of prides itself as a sports-like presentation, even though I feel like that ship has sailed. For a very well, it, it, it's, it's two extremes. You have the sports-like presentation with the uh, records and all that, but then you also have sports entertainment with, you know, Matt Hardy and the Dark Order, things like that. You know, it's two polar opposites that are being melded together in one show, and I think it's fine. Yeah, um, I think it's fine in the sense that, like, the whole Matt Hardy, like, the whole Matt Hardy teleportation thing. That was uh, dumb. Which I yeah. never thought I would ever actually say this, <laughs> but um, it's 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 a weird time going on right now. Like they might as well just get creative and do what's best for the show. Yeah, like definitely. if you can't have an actual crowd, you might as well do everything you can with the studio. Yeah, you know, I yeah, I wasn't I was into it. I was honestly really into nice. it, and I think it's listen. If, 
if Matt Hardy is given that title, if if Matt Hardy is given the AEW World Championship, they have fucked up. I'll say that. And, but I have faith that they won't do that. Cons- like, because if they would do that, if they were, if they had that mentality, fucking Orange Cassidy would have been champion like the second he debuted. Yeah. Well, let's. So I think they know they're a bit more intelligent. They're intelligent enough to know what works for a product as a whole and what where can Matt Hardy fit into the realm of AEW. I just hope they don't give him the title. And well, I think if they give him something else, like don't give him something else, but he is fighting for like I don't know some lantern or something. I don't fucking know. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever he controls souls with, he controls souls to get to the troll toll. To get to the boys hole. Yeah. Nonetheless, that was AEW Dynamite, not Dark. Uh, let's continue. Let's move on with some uh, some NXT, shall we? This by is, all means. It's by my half of the show. It kicks off with a recap of Gargano and Ciampa. And, and you know, the, tonight they have to answer to Papa They're Triple H. They're still doing the recap. They were not done. No. <laughs> they, they were still doing that hour long. It actually continues. Like, they were like, yeah, so I've been talking for... Uh, one week straight, and I haven't stopped because this has really angered me, and I don't like Champa. I don't like Gargano. Nonetheless, uh, Tom Phillips. I like Gargano. I don't like you, Champa. <sighs> Boom. But there. they have to answer to their dad tonight. Uh, Triple H is going to bring them in the middle of the ring. And, I thought it was Principal Principal Helmsley. Principal or Principal Helmsley, that works too. Yeah. Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon are your commentators for tonight. Uh, kicking dude, off dude. with. Fucking soldiering on, dude. Yeah. Hey. They were just like, who are the youngest people that work? Oh, hey, guys. Come over here. You guys want to do commentary tonight? Yeah, yeah, you can get tickets. You probably me. won't die from yeah. COVID-19. Fingers crossed, right? Yeah. Um, Austin Theory versus Tyler Breeze to kick off the match. And boy, I did not like this match at all. It, it was slow. Tyler Breeze is okay. But Austin Theory, I just I can't see myself I, getting into Listen, Look, I'll... I'll say this about all the matches encompassing encompassing tonight's NXT. I hello. Yeah, you're there. Okay, yeah, you were you were just kind of standing still for a second. Sorry. Um, I'll say this about all the matches NXT. It's like I feel like they were experimenting on silence. <laughs> no, like, that's what they were. Either. They were exper- they, they experimenting with silence because yeah. there was so much dead air yeah. on NXT. Oh yeah, like when, like during rest spots, when they were like, Austin Theory was about to pick up Tyler Breeze to set him up for a move. Nobody was saying anything. Yeah, there was just, and then I was just on my phone. I was passively watching. I was pass. I was. I'm gonna have to admit, I was passively watching NXT as it was going on in the background, and just straight up, there was nothing. There was straight up nothing going on, and that had my attention. Well, there was the also work. nobody. Nice. There was no commentators speaking when they're doing their moves, but when they weren't doing their moves, they don't have Oscar screaming and says, "You have the wrestlers instead talking back and forth to each other, which is just—I mean, I know they usually do that, but it's like they're playing it up even more now." Austin Theory at one point says, "Ten years, huh? I'm in the middle of this ring, and I'm the future, and you're the past." Because I think that's what they were encouraged to do. I, I know, but I don't like it. So I don't know. Uh, Bree- I mean, would you rather want cuts to fucking? Uh, Gun and Son just yelling at the screen, like yeah. Actually, I like that. I did like that. I liked it when it was on ringside. I'm not sure if I like it when it was on in a truck somewhere. That's a bus. Okay, come on. But like, but you know, uh, Breeze Breeze does go for a supermodel kick early in the match. Uh, Austin Theory flinches and kind of covers his face. I don't know why Breeze stops. It it was dumb. 
Uh, rolling blockbuster to Breeze. Breeze powers out with a headlock into a jawbreaker. Theory then has control most of the match. Buckle bomb to Breeze. Uh, Tyler Breeze catches Theory uh, with a supermodel kick, and Theory rolls into the ring as he rolls into the ring, followed by a kick out, uh, neck breaker suplex combo to Breeze, followed by another kick out. The end of the match, uh, uh, was it for, I almost called him for Breeze. Uh, Theory grabs his phone because he brought his phone out to the ring, and uh, he just starts live tweeting. Uh, he so wants pretty much Sammy Guevara at this point. Yeah, um, he wants to hit his finisher while on his phone at the same time. Breeze reverses, hits the beauty shot, gets the pin on Austin Theory. So um, that happened. Breeze gets a win, and hey, maybe he'll get a shot at a title one day. Sure, why not? I'm sure he'll do fine. Yeah. Uh, at, uh, Austin Theory, they really want him to be a thing. They do. They really. I hate really that do. name so much, Austin Theory. It makes no sense. What? What is the theory? What are they theorizing? That Maybe. he's a good wrestler? Yeah, he's a good wrestler in theory. <laughs> Maybe he's lost I, I in theory. Into, I can't get into his style of matches. I can't get into him. I feel like I, he just comes off as like super bland, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I've seen people on the independent scene that have just kind of given me the same vibes. So. I'm not. I'm not buying what he's selling so far. No. Yeah, but apparently, they really like him. Yeah. So. Uh, and you know, another thing about good about this NXT is that there was a lot of people they had to use that were either in training or like their characters were almost ready. That they were like, okay, we're going to debut you, or we're going to get you out there. Um, at least they got them out there. Um, you know, you could tell a lot of people were staying at home because they are in the Florida area. Uh, next up, we have Killian Dane versus Tehuti Miles. Um, I, li- I, I like that name. Miles is a former Army veteran, but he gets squashed by uh, Killian Dane pretty much. He gets a little uh, offense in, but uh, he does hit the Vader bomb on Tehuti and the pin in the win for Killian Dane. So Good for him. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, they're going to have to just make another it. Evolve worker. Oh, Tehuti? Is that is that is he, is he from Evolve? I think so. Okay. I liked it. I mean, I liked his. He's got some swagger. He came out. I like it. Uh, next up, we have Cameron Grimes versus Tony Nese. This was um, also, now that I'm going through my notes, I said NXT was better, but you're right. AEW was better this week. Uh, a very technical match with Tony Nese, uh, slowing the match down with rest holds. Uh, the two exchange strikes. Eventually, Cameron Grimes hits the cave in, his finisher, which is the double stomp, to Tony Nese and gets the pin and the win. Uh, I stand correct. I don't think the Hootie Miles is a is a. I think he's a, I think he's a performance center guy. Yeah, I think he's a performance center dude. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Cameron Grimes. I mean, he gets the win over Tony Nice. It, it was a match. It was a slow match. It was actually. I again, it's just a broken record. I thought this was an above average match from Cameron Grimes. I think he is head and shoulders one of the more underrated, talented workers in that yeah. promotion. I think. I think they got something with him, in him. They got something with Cameron Grimes eventually. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, eventually I could see him being North American champion, you know, leading in something. I don't know about NXT champion, but. He's been very, very consistent. Yeah. No, yeah, he's, he's a good wrestler, and that's why he was in uh, uh, PWG, you know, and that's that's why he <laughs> was in, he's been wrestling for years, so. Uh, next up, we're supposed to get Aaliyah versus Zia Lee, but Zia Lee doesn't come to the ring when her music hits. The camera cuts backstage, <laughs> and she is crying her eyes out, holding her knee. Uh, 
I know. Yeah. It, it seems like uh, the ring announcer was told she is not medically com- clear to compete tonight because, you know, they... <laughs> the returning Io Shirai will be taking her place. Which, Keep going. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was a match. Uh, she quickly hits the double underhook neckbreaker and the moonsault and the pin on Ali. They still haven't released that theme yet. Online. There was no music on YouTube. They have not... That You can only get it for, through bootleg live... Per- live events it is the fucking most awesome biggest bangerist bangiest theme song in the business today and of course it's not out yeah but yeah welcome back Io Shirai she um according to her twitter she uh shocked all the doctors by her recovery uh because she was coming off a knee injury and she recovered in a record setting well not record setting but like she recovered in two months which is wow yeah yeah I mean, good for her. I'm glad she's back. Uh, she'll be a good addition to... Um, well, one thing I didn't mention is that she's going to be a good addition to the, the number one contender ladder match, which is taking place in two weeks on NXT rather than at NXT TakeOver because NXT That's TakeOver is not happening. Right That's uh, what the world needs right now. Well, we're going to get some good matches on NXT because all those TakeOver matches will be happening uh, within the next few weeks. So at least we'll skip the matches. <laughs> what? Gojo. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, we have a Dexter Loomis video package. He's something still fucking, Something what? randomly played on my YouTube. I'm sorry. No. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, um, Keith Lee comes out to do an in-ring promo in his pink shoes. Uh, we have some geek ring announcer in the ring. Um, I, oh, Corey, come on. Who, no, who was this? I don't, I don't I've never seen this guy before. Uh, he asks why he laid out Dijek a few weeks ago, because if you recall, Priest is the one that knocked out Keith Lee. But when Keith Lee got up, he sees Dijek standing there because, you know, wrestling, the person that was exactly behind you was the one that hit you, not the one. Yeah, that and, and wrestlers never look back at tape. Yeah. And they um, they don't. It's not the person running away, of course. Uh, Lee says he owes Dijak an apology, striking him at the last time. Uh, out comes Dijak. He says he doesn't give a damn about an apology. He only cares about the North American title. Uh, he says, I would never have attacked you from behind. I have more respect for you than that. But you did. You attacked me. And you took food off my family's plate. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. a Triple H line right there that he's feeding. No, to that's, every- a, no that's a, literally a Seth Rollins line. No, no. And this is, why, this is where I think Seth Rollins got it from is Triple H. Took food off my plate. You I'm took here. food Look off my-, my bank account. I need to cook for Becky tonight. Uh, out comes Damian Priest, and he says he's not concerned about both men either. He's only concerned about and points at the North American title because he says it'll give him, quote unquote, more opportunities, more money, more fame, and more women. Opportunity. I, 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 a unique opportunity. No, this is uh, Priest coming out. Oh. Yeah, he wants okay. more women, apparently. Because, you know, he's. Um, <laughs> Who wouldn't want more women? Ah, uh, no, stay at home, women. Yeah, yeah just I, I just want one part. That's a really bad thing to say out of context. <laughs> uh, Lee says, "No, do what you want." Lee says, "You want to live forever, but after attacking me, that means you don't." Whoa! Uh, that's when Priest whips out a baton and goes after both men. Uh, it never gets Is that used. Gonna be a thing? Are, I, they just get, are they just going to give Damian Priest a baton? I sure. Why not? I mean, it looked good on him. Uh, Priest, like I said, he whips it out. They all brawl, never use it. But Dijak stands tall at the end, walks away. Uh, he is a he is a logo brother of ours too. So, you know, yeah, he points at his like feast your eyes. Next up, no we have 
we have uh, Adam Cool, Adam Cool, Adam Cole, Poleside. Um, cool, Adam Cole. <laughs> cool, Adam Cole. I'm cool, you guys. He's uh, recalling his alt- He's recalling all his altercations with Velveteen Dream. He lists off his accomplishments: being the first North American champion, being the longest reigning NXT champion, and Dream. He says he doesn't deserve a shot, but his undisputed era boys they want a shot at the Dream. So he challenges Dream next week for for Bobby Fish because you know. I guess they got to have one each week to spread out the Undisputed Era theme song. Because, you know, people just want to sing Bob, that. Bob Fish. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Roderick Strong. I mean, it's so sad without the. Well, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Shane Thorne and Brandon Vick versus uh, the 1 2, Lorkin and Birch. Um, yeah. So, Shane Thorne is in desperate need of a tag team partner because they figured after his last tag team partner quit and. Uh, left the company and went to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, they like, oh, wait, Shane Thornton, he needs a tag team partner. Who do they got? Brandon Vick. Who? Oh? He's from Australia, mate. Okay. Yeah. All right, mate. Uh, that, that, You're right. He's big, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lorcan does hit a massive clothesline <laughs> to Vick. That, that is the line of thinking for every fucking... He's big. Uh, so, yeah. he's, he's big. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, eventually, the crossface is applied to Vic by Birch. At the same time, Shane Thorne is caught and put oh, in a cross. That what we need this week. I know. Uh, Shane Thorne is caught and put into a single leg Boston Crab. They both tap at the same time. Uh, one two gets the submission victory over Vic Thorne or Thorn Vic. I don't know. After this, we have another qualifying match for uh, the number one. It's all these qualifying matches to be the number one contender to get a shot. At the women's title, who would have thunk? Caden uh, Carter. Losers, bra- losers bracket. Uh, well, they will have that next week. But oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Candice LeRae versus Caden Carter. Uh, first off, they're they're really building up Caden Carter, and I like it because I like her as a wrestler. Uh, she's doing more on her intro, you know, trying to do these claps at the same time as her music. It, you know, cool. She looks like a million dollars. Do it, doing it for the Filipinos, which for I the Philippine Islands. Support. You know, uh, the two. St- uh, they, they had a video between her, Shotzi Blackheart, and Joaquin Wild, where they just ate Filipino food. Yeah. And I'm like, "What's your favorite food? Oh, I like adobo. Oh, I like dinaguan. You know, I mean, I would say, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not any better than that. I would say the same thing. Yeah. But yeah. I thought it was a really nice video of just seeing Phil. No, not a, not a lot of us. In the in the realm of wrestling, you got TJP and you got those three, and I think representation. That's it. It's awesome. It matters. It does. Uh, yeah. This match, the two go back and forth um, with a series of arm locks and flips. Uh, um, they come to a stalemate, though, matching drop kits, and Carter says to her, "Oh, a little bit of lucha, huh? Okay." A little bit of the lucha. Uh, rope, uh, bottom rope, springboard, drop kick to Candice LeRae by Caden Carter. Candice, though, does miss a springboard moonsault, but is able to lock in the Gargano escape after Caden misses with a shining wizard. Uh, for some reason, Tom Phillips calls it the Gargano family escape. Okay. Um, I mean, it's the same move, and they're both, you know. Married. But, might yeah. have been a reference. But I want to see pictures of his dad locking in the lock, you know, when he was a young whippersnap. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just if they're going to have Gargano, uh, Candice LeRae, they're still going to kind of talk about it, them being married and them using the same moves. I feel like they should be intertwined in storylines somehow, some way. So I don't know. I don't know. Good. Good then. 
and then our main event of the night. Oh, no, not our main event. I'm sorry. Um, last match. Last match, yeah, because it ended the same way as Dynamite did. Oh, look at that. They they really did. Um, with a, It was a singles match going into a, a segment. Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong. Uh, Riddle comes out. What? This was match of the week, by the way. Uh, yeah, it was a great match. Matt Riddle comes out and gives the non-existent crowds a few fist bumps. Which, yep. It's what, the saddest thing in the world. It was actually legit. I actually legit laughed. And uh, Riddle was he was he was funny the entire night because during um, Roderick Strong's entrance, Strong does you know when they do the boom. Even Matt Riddle kind of put up the the shakas when they did the boom. He was like boom, which I enjoyed. <laughs> Where are you, Pete? <laughs> oh, oh, hey, there you are, Stallion Pete. I love it. You saw the picture of them changing clothes, right? On, <laughs> I mean, they, I saw the picture of them wearing each other's clothes. I didn't see a video of them changing clothes. Well, they had to change somewhere. You have to go someplace. Yeah, yeah, go well, I've got to go behind that thing. Oh, it's all right, bro. I've seen your dong before. All right. right. Just don't laugh at it again. Top stuff, man. Uh, but this was a submission-based match, trading submissions, attempting moves back and forth between the two men. Strong attempting to do the Olympic slam over and over again. Cannot get it in. Uh, GTS followed by a German suplex to Roderick Strong, followed by a kickout. Strong eventually does hit the Olympic slam to Matthew Riddell. Uh, then he goes for running forearm strikes back and forth to Riddle. That, or, yeah, to Riddle. That's when Matt Riddle gets the bro Derek locked in on Roderick Strong. The pin and the win. Um, Roderick Strong loses to Matt Riddell. After the match, though... Is, hold on. Is there a more sweat... Okay, besides Brock Lesnar, is there a more sweatier dude than Matt Riddle? No. No, he's pretty That sweaty. dude... Like him, Shane McMahon, and Brock Lesnar, if they get in a triple threat match, like, that ring is going to turn into a fucking slip and slide. Add Daniel Bryan's chest. Everyone would be pink and uh, it, red. Probably. Seriously, and it just glistens all over his torso too, so you can see like all his, all of his abs. Yeah, yeah. It's uh horse dick know, himself. Quite, it's quite the spectacle. Um, after the match, though, Matt Riddle is attacked by two very large Indian men. Uh, is it? In, I thought they were just ethnic. I believe they're Indian. I mean, I I. What I, are the names? Uh, was it Rinku Singh and Savar Gurjar? Okay. Yeah, they're probably Indian. So, yeah, I mean, I could assume. Um, you know, I said yeah. after about two minutes of them kind of like, I felt like this was weird because they went, their job was to go down and beat up on Matt Riddle uh, and make them look strong. But they like kind of went back and forth for a second. And it was kind of like, what do we do? What do we do? Uh, okay. Uh, uh. Should have been a complete, yeah, I can see where it should have been a complete squash because Malcolm Bivens, um, also known as, formerly known as Stokely Hathaway, WWE just finally realized they have him on. They have him employed. Who was um, Stokely Hathaway? I, I don't remember. He this guy. was a manager. He was a manager on the Indies. He was a real damn good one, by the way. Okay. Also. Okay. Um, but he still is probably. Um, yeah. So this is pretty much the next program for Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle, the the Wild Stallions. Um, but yeah. then also, yeah. but Pete Dunn is over in the UK. He's on the other side of the world, and. I don't know if he's going to be able to make that trip because of the things that's going on well, yeah. in the world right now. Yeah. No, so definitely. really, I think they're kind of leaning on the fact that Pete Dunn is all by his lonesome. I mean, mm-hmm. you saw, you, uh, you saw me, uh, Matt Riddle, um, making that Instagram post, like, where are you? Well, uh, stallion Pete, I need, you're my only hope, yeah. bro. And so, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so Bivens comes I'm, out and another he, tag team. I like it. I mean, these I guys like look the good too. They look good. Yeah. They're they're big they're, and they have a good look. Um, they're different classes. too. D- you know, like they're different and it's awesome. And I just, I, just, I just think it's a weird way. It's a weird time to debut anybody or anything, considering how weird everything is right now. Vince will ruin the fuck out of them once they get to the main roster, though. I mean, like, not it's like it's like let's not even let's not even think about that. But then it's just the case that the the fact that you're debuting a new character during a time when wrestling is not exactly, you know, yeah, the most yeah. ordinary times. Yeah, yeah. people, it, people are me, asking for cash like advances. It lost the, yeah, it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle of everything else. Yeah, and I think it's. Then we have an announcement of next week. Uh, we have Velveteen Dream versus Bobby Fish. A second, a second chance gauntlet match for the women's ladder match. Uh, so it's Zia Lee, Deanna Prazo, Dakota Kai, Aaliyah, Caden Carter, and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, probably it's probably going to be Dakota. I'm going to go Shotzi. Oh yeah, Dakota with the with the manager. What's her name? Uh, Raquel Gonzalez. There Raquel. You go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Uh, and then also Keith Lee versus Dijak versus Damian Priest for the North American title next week. It sounds like <gasps> a banger of a show. <coughs> Ooh. Um, no, it's all good. And now we go to the main event, the Stern talking to. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, you have been You're summoned the principal. The... would like to see you now. <laughs> hey, will you guys sit down right over here? Hey, take a seat, please. Take a... No, it's fine. Just, uh, you know. they fought, they, the, the Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa fought in the cafeteria. I mean, Jim. Of the performance center. Yeah. Now they're being called to the principal's office. Yeah, Triple H. Hunter Hurst helps. Yeah, Triple H says this is the greatest rivalry rivalry in NXT. Champa comes off tri- Papa Triple H with the music. Uh, Champa wants trips. God, this is gonna be hard to say. Champa wants trips to bring Gargano down. Trips says one thing I want both of you to know is there's no physicality tonight. Gargano comes out sans music. No, and, and so Gargano he said um, Triple H says. Don't touch. It goes goes to Champa and says, "Don't touch him." And Johnny Gargano immediately afterwards just says, "Don't touch me." Don't touch me, man. Don't touch me. I thought Gargano was. I thought. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Trip says this should end on the biggest stage in the all, in front of the whole world. It's gonna happen at. And then he's cut off by Gargano and saying that they they should have finished this a year ago and they don't need. Um, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need the biggest stage in the world. Um, you know, they don't need that. They just need a ring, a ref. And, you know, maybe a camera crew. They, that might help. One camera. At least one. Uh, Trip, Trip says, you deserve the biggest stage. I mean, don't you don't you want it? It's, it's good shit. I mean, I mean, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. It's not what I say. Uh, um, eventually, though, you know, he says, we should end this a year ago. Champa says, you know, talk about bigger things going on in the world. Um, I've given my life for this. That's when Gar- 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 Gargano responds, you broke your neck. You had to go break your neck and ruin this. It was a good segment back and forth. This just needs to end. So at the end of this, uh, Triple H is okay. What's up? <laughs> so Triple H at the end of this, um, he uh, he basically just goes, all right, you don't need the biggest stage. I'll find an empty building somewhere in Tampa or wherever we are, Orlando, and I'll get a ring, and uh, I'll give you the desti- I'll text you the destination. Send you the location. So we're going to get another like street fight. We're getting another street fight between these two guys. and There's going to be a ring. Is it really a street fight, though? I mean, yeah. You know, it's going to be a, a ring. Yeah. Two weeks. Two weeks. That's, that's also a thing. Yeah. Two weeks. Two weeks. Why? Because I love how they. He, I like how Gargano said two weeks. I need two weeks. Well, he goes, he goes, you, you don't need a big stage. 
you just need a ring, a ref, and a camera guy. Oh, that's uh, sorry. Gargano says that. He goes, okay, you don't need a big stage and an arena. He looks at Gargano and goes, you ready now? He goes, no. Gargano's like, no, 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 I'm not ready now. Sorry. It's all good. Now, give me two weeks. Um, so like he says, he's going to text them the location with a ref. Then he starts, uh, he starts to end the segment, and suddenly a video package plays of an apocalyptic package. Uh, <laughs> It's. I don't think it's uh, Vladimir Kozlov or Cesaro. It's in some foreign language. It's uh, it's 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 Killer Cross, dude. It's Killer Cross. Yeah. And so, what does this mean? Are they just gonna? Are they just gonna prolong? Are they just gonna? Is he just gonna interrupt that match so we can never get the? Because because in that match, like it did also imply that it's a loser leaves town match. No, again. no, it's not loser leaves town. I what I got from it was Triple H says this needs to end. This feud, so if you guys continue this afterwards, you guys will both be fired. Well, That's how it came off to me, which is like a non-stipulation stipulation. <sighs> but nonetheless, uh, it looks like we're going to have Killer Cross joining the mix somehow, even though he was like an MLW this last week. So I honestly thought Killer Cross was like a main, straight to the main roster kind of person. Nah, man. His, so, his wife is down there in NXT. He's, he, he's probably going to want to stay there. Yeah. yeah, that was NXT. That was NXT. That was AEW. Right to that, they didn't have a reaction or anything. It just had a fucking video package, fade to black, and we see the Hangover. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just sorry. I saw something about Killer Cross online. That was AEW. That was NXT. That was the B show. It was an actual long B show today because we actually had wrestling to talk about. Yay! 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 Yeah. Yay. Guys, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR415, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we will be back next week because next week we will have a WrestleMania prediction show. WrestleMania, not too big for just one night. Let's forget about that. We should have been video recording because I'm, like, I'm making a very ugly face right now. Yeah, you're, ma- you're making disappointed wrestling fan face right now. <laughs> okay, what's what's kind of wrestling fan? Okay, I know it's pretty bad for video podcasting, but you could just only describe it. What am I? What, who am I right now? Oh, you're uh, Undertaker guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before you were doing the uh, the Miz girl. Yeah. Anyways, guys, you remember the Kali kid? No. The one where it's like it's straight up. It's just a. It's a. It's it's great Kali, and then all of a sudden they just zoom into a fucking kid who's just like who, who just does a Home Alone face like. Aah! My parents left me twice. I don't know why. They don't, they don't really care about me. Oh, that the, Kevin McCa- Mrs. McAllister moved heaven and earth for to to, to get back to Chicago. Yeah. And then what made that ending really fucked up was that as soon as she got home, immediately the entire family got home and was like, fucker, I could have just went with you guys. I didn't have to be in a goddamn van with John Candy and his fucking band. I think that was the most important uh, story, that, or the most important lesson in that story is just chill the fuck out. Don't rush things. It'll all work itself out. Hopefully. Anyway, that's Anyways, one way to end this podcast. That's one way to end. Guys, we'll see you next week. Like I said, WrestleMania predictions, and we'll be back next week with the B Show, talking about AEW Dynamite. Uh, if there are shows, NXT, and we'll definitely talk about Dark Side of the Ring at least. So, yeah, there you go. Guys, right, we'll see you later. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Later. <laughs>